SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Hello, I'm Lisa Burkhart Worley, and welcome to Pop Talk, the program where you never know what topics might pop up. Today's topic is near and dear to my heart. It is the subject of anti-Semitism. I have a heart to educate people about this injustice, and I'm currently working on my second documentary about this issue. So today we're going to interview an individual who I would call an expert on anti-Semitism, and he's going to share some very important information about this form of racism that will both educate us about it and will tell us what we can do to prevent it. But first, welcome our Pop Talk co-host, Miyata Naomi, to my immediate left, and Michelle Burden over there in the, in the it is that snake skin, right, yes. today? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> our guest today is Olivier J. Melnick. He has written a number of books, including three books on anti-Semitism, one called End Times Anti-Semitism, here it is, uh, a new chapter in The Longest Hatred. Then there's uh, They Have Conspired Against You, Responding to the New Anti-Semitism, and another titled The Time is now seven steps Christians should take to help the Jewish people. Olivier, who is a Jewish believer in Yeshua, has also written over 350 news articles on this topic and is the Southwest Regional Director for Chosen People Ministries. He serves on the board of directors for Chosen People in France. So welcome, Olivier. Well, of course, you. you are French and you grew up near Paris. Can you give us your uh, the shortened version of your testimony about how you became a believer in Yeshua? Sure. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I grew up in, uh, born and raised in France, a uh, Jewish family. My mother uh, survived the Holocaust, lost her dad in Auschwitz, actually. Uh, that's part of our family story. And uh, I was raised in a secular, Ju- secular Jewish family, didn't believe in anything. And then uh, I met uh, this uh, young Californian girl in California uh, about 39 years ago, and she challenged me to uh, to look at the scriptures, and I was not interested. I told her, I'm Jewish, you're, you're Christian, can we just love one another and get married and just... <laughs> Forget the details. And she said, no, I cannot be separated from you at any time. You have to believe like I do. So I started looking and doing my own search. And then eventually it got into, after the scriptures, which was really not convincing to me, she gave me a book, The Late Great Planet Earth by Lindsay, about prophecy. And I look at that book and I got, I read the book, very short, very, very, very clearly simple. Uh, and I got to the place about the rapture and I freaked out. And I said, wait a minute, when this happens, you're actually going to disappear? She said, yes, and you will be left behind. And I said, well, that can't happen. <laughs> and I was hoping she could put lead shoes, but she can't. <laughs> so she said, the only way is to come with us, not us to stay with you. And it convinced me, and it was July, I don't have the exact date, but July of 1983, when I gave my life to the Messiah. And uh, it's been a great adventure ever since. 
That is a true love story. God is love. I didn't want to lose my wife, but in the process, I found Jesus, Yeshua. That is so beautiful. So how did you come to believe that Yeshua was the, actually the promised Messiah? By, uh, I looked at the, uh, the, the, the Messianic prophecies of the Old Testament, all pointing to the Messiah. But again, they were not convincing me because the Bible didn't really, it was just a book to me. But when that little booklet by, the little book by Helen Lindsay, when I read it, it was like a man talking to me, even though he was using the same scriptures, and I could relate. So uh, I, I look at all the prophecies, and I thought, wow, all those, if those happen literally, and then he's talking about this Jesus coming back a second time, why should I believe it's not going to happen literally? So it convinced me that the, the events to come will be really exactly the way they were predicted. And that got me scared. So that's, you know, I, what do I sign? The fear, fear of the works Lord. sometimes, yeah. Fear, fear of the Lord, absolutely. Yes. As we said earlier, you are from France. Yes. And anti-Semitism is, has escalated there. Can you tell us why you think that is? Yeah, uh, so I've been monitoring anti-Semitism for 22 years now. And um, started with the second intifada in, in the Middle East. And, uh, of course, being from France, I, my heart, a part of my heart is still there. Yes. And so I, I, I keep a close eye on what's going on. And I think there's a long, long history of class, classical anti-Semitism in France, in Europe in general. But the one thing that, I, that is adding uh, insult to injury, I think, is the France is the third largest Jewish community. You have Israel, United States, and France with about, used to be about 500,000. That's down to 450 because they've moved wow. to Israel. Yeah. Uh, but there's also the largest Muslim community in all of Europe. Wow. With 11% Muslims in France. And I don't have anything against the people. I just, I, I have a lot against Islam, but that may be for another show. Uh, but but uh, the, the, the Muslims that have been radicalized uh, and, and indoctrinated against Israel and the Jewish people, uh, they play a big part in the anti-Semitism in France. And it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's getting bad. Now, it's not the only source of anti-Semitism. Unfortunately, I think we're getting to a place in, in, in human history when anti-Semitism is coming from every angle. The right, the left, the center. Muslims, uh, uh, atheists, uh, Hollywood, uh, you name it. It comes, the church. Right. You know, it's not just France. Uh, I just came from France, and I was doing a documentary in Toulouse, and it's bad there, and they talked about uh, what you're talking about. A lot of radical Islamists are moving up there from Nigeria in particular, the Muslim Brotherhood, and they've caused a real problem. That was who uh, uh, did the anti-terrorist attack on the school, the Jewish school, back in 2012. But it's, it's not just France. It's, it's getting bad here in the United States as well. In fact, I've got some stats. The Anti-Defamation League says anti-Semitism reached an all-time high in 2021 with over 2,700 incidents of vandalism, assault, or harassment. Now, why do you think it's increasing even here in the U.S.? This, this, is, this used to be the safe place. The, the, and the first thing we need to, to understand is that you know, you, the numbers you gave me, those are the numbers that have been reported. Yes. There's a lot of under-reporting or not reporting at all, and then also uh, the Jewish community that just at this point chooses to not even say anything because they know that nothing is going to get done. It's all lip service. Uh, so uh, there's a lot. Basically, we, we are at a, at a time in history where, uh, you know, in, 
biblically speaking, anti-Semitism is, is never going to go away. When I see all these people online, in books, on TV, they say, we have to end anti-Semitism. You're not going to end anti-Semitism. You're going to fight it because we should. But it's only going to end when Yeshua returns. Okay? Yes. It is a spiritual battle against the creator of anti-Semitism, who's Satan. And so it's only going to increase. The Bible tells us that at, at, at some point in the future, which I, don't, I believe is not too distant, it's going to be the whole world going against the Jews. Okay? And so uh, uh, we have, uh, I think we as, as, as Christians have an opportunity to make a difference and fight. We have to fight it anyway. And in the process, tell our Jewish friends what it means to be a real Christian. Anti-Semitism has no place in the Bible. That's right. Or in the life of Christians. So what are some of the reasons you believe we are in the last days um, before Yeshua returns to the earth? I think we are in the last days, um, well, the Bible tells us, but, but it's been the last days for a long time, some people will say. Um, uh, I, I, I divide anti-Semitism into three, actually four categories. Uh, keep it short, I promise. Uh, you know, uh, from the biblical, uh, from the biblical uh, account all the way to the Holocaust, we can call it classical anti-Semitism. Then from the Holocaust forward, maybe a couple of decades of, um, of respite when people thought after the Holocaust it became so taboo, anti-Semitism, the death of the Jews and six million Jews, that people didn't want to say the word. So they thought maybe it's over, but it was not. It was just swept under the rug and it came out, recycled itself and came out in a different form. But so you got classical anti-Semitism then from the Holocaust or a couple of decades after that forward to today is the new anti-Semitism where the, uh, the, the, the um, victims have, ter- have been made into uh, perpetrators and the perpetrators into the victims. The Jews are not called the uh, uh, new Nazis of the Middle East and the, the uh, Palestinians are the poor victims of oppression and occupation and on and on. So that's the second part. In, within the new anti-Semitism, I believe there is also, uh, and it's interesting that you're doing this documentary Documentary uh, on the uh, the incident in Toulouse because I believe that the Toulouse uh, attack with uh, at, at, uh, a school a day, Jewish day school was the, the the defining moment for end times anti-Semitism to start and why I say that is because we are seeing Jews being killed again. Up to that point, it was a case here and a case there, but it was not really it, it was bad. But you can you can really make a case, but from, from uh, Toulouse in 2012, moving forward, uh, three years later, uh, on the edge of, uh, on the east side of Paris, the kosher supermarket. Right. That's a supermarket that's near my house in Paris. I used to go there all the time. I know the place. I mean, it's right there in my neighborhood. Four Jews killed. Pittsburgh, how many? 11. I mean, it, the tree it keep, of life, yeah. uh, the tree of life, and so it keeps going. So I believe that this is we are within the the uh, new anti-Semitism. There is a, a uh, we're focusing now on the end times. Excuse me, end times anti-Semitism, where Jews are being killed again. That's just for being Jews. That's probably why you had the dream that you yeah. had about Toulouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a dream about Toulouse. It's how it all started. The Lord showed me Toulouse. He showed me the river that runs through Toulouse. He showed me the bridge. I didn't know what it was about. But I really felt like maybe the, after I um, thought through it and prayed about it, that maybe the people are crying out in Toulouse because they, they understand the threat that's there now. And many of them have left. 600 families have left Toulouse for Israel. So. Yeah. Uh, the, the, in France, uh, just around that time, maybe a 
little before, uh, there was another uh, another uh, incident. Uh, a little before, uh, the French the French people realized France is no longer safe for the for the Jews. It's it's not. It's not because government is doing very little. Uh, you, you would be stupid on, on, in, in some areas of France or Paris or the big cities, some areas of Marseille, to walk on the street with a yarmulke on your head. That, that, that you, it's a target. Still today? Oh, still today? More today than ever. It's a target. It's a target. And it's becoming that in America. I, uh, I, I believe that we're not entering in just recently, uh, it, it, again, another, another phase which uh, I call the normalization of anti-Semitism when it's becoming the norm. I just read recently, it, it terrified me, a, a, a survey that was done of a, an organization called uh, Resume Builders. Nothing against them in particular, but the survey was done and in the numbers that came out, uh, one that just terrified me, they said 29%, that's a third, okay? One third of the respondents said that anti-Semitism is acceptable in the workforce acceptable wow. not it's present not it's a problem not we have to fight it acceptable we are entering into the normalization of anti-semitism i heard another one i don't know if it's the same survey or not but they asked people if if asked employers if they would hire a jewish person over someone else they said no i would probably not hire a jewish same person. survey yeah same survey same survey yeah i have all the numbers uh it, it, it's terrifying that was 33 percent on that one i believe mm. and so it's about a third it's it's Acceptable, meaning that uh, it's it's becoming normal. So people will do things; it will not be uh, reprimanded. There's no accountability. It's uh, it's going to become very normal, and and that's where Christians come in the pictures to uh, come in the picture to help their friends. Yeah, I have a quick question, but a lot of this is also occurring on the college campuses, isn't it? Yes. I mean, aren't you, aren't we seeing a lot of anti-Semitism in the colleges? Well, I mean, uh, you heard what recently uh, took place in Berkeley. Uh, the uh, nine of the uh, law school clubs on Berkeley campus voted that they will not allow any Jewish speaker on the campus. No more. Um. And anybody who's Jewish doesn't have a voice, which is very, very awkward because one of the deans of those schools is Jewish. So they don't know how to handle that. But that's the stupidity of, of, of their anti-Semitism. But yeah, they say, they, of course, they will allow any uh, pro-Palestinian or, or anti-Semitic uh, speakers. They come, come and go as they please. Jewish speakers are no longer allowed for nine of those clubs. Wow. That is just... It happened about three months ago. Yeah. Disappointing. In your book, you talk about some of the new players in the end times, anti-Semitism. One of those is the world, in which particularly you talk about radical Islam in your end times anti-Semitism book. What are some of the reasons that this is a threat? Well, uh, it is a threat because it's, it, it's not going to go away. Uh, and there is there is very little that uh, we, we can't stop it. And I, I don't want I want to sound like, you know, you know, Let's just go home and, and you know, and we're done. Like, well, it's it's a threat because it's 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 what's happening in the end times. We know that the whole world is going to go against the Jews. Radical Islam is is has been a big threat because again, the the the, the children are indoctrinated early on to hate the Jews. They don't even know why. Many people, by the way, in the world are anti-Semitic today. They have never met a Jew in their life. They're just anti-Semitic because they're anti-Semitic. What have the Jews done to you? Well, they want to control the world. They want to control the bank. And, you know, have you met one? Have they done anything to you? No, but I don't like them. Yes. So uh, it's now 
you have to understand again, I've said it once, I'll say it again, this is coming from Satan. Why is it? Because Satan knows that at the end of the tribulation, when the Jewish people call on Yeshua, when they say, Baruch haba b'ashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Which, those are the words of Yeshua, Jesus, when he said, you'll not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When the Jewish people who survived the tribulation say that, all of them in, in, corporately will say that, that's the second coming. So, yeah. so hear me here. Jesus will not come back until Israel calls on him. So when he comes back, Satan is done. Why do you think he doesn't want him to come back? Because he's done. And how can he stop him from coming back? Eliminate the Jews. because they're right. not So he's trying the best he can to, number one, eliminate the Jews. And number two, turn the whole church against the Jews so they won't have nothing to do with Jesus. A Jewish person... My whole life, you can be a, a, a Jewish Buddhist, a Jewish, a Jewish uh, uh, anything, but you cannot be a Jew who believe in Jesus because that you're not Jewish anymore. I, Which of I course pray. is not true. I pray. I pray when that moment <clears throat> comes that He will not say, um, "You did not know Me." So. You know, I pray for the Jewish people that they will know him, to come to him. Well, I mean, that right now, uh, the time is short. The time is now, like I put in my little book. And uh, thank you. I'm going to take <laughs> yes. her on the road. Yes. Yes. She's, she's my new agent. <laughs> she has a Get sales background. <laughs> so uh, right, right now, uh, really, uh, it's uh, the time is now. I think there is going to be an opportunity for Christians to help their Jewish friends, but help them. Uh, when I say help, I mean uh, we're going to have to make some hard choices, and and I think uh, we're going to see the, the the church is going to possibly divide into those who love Israel and support the Jews, and those who don't. We see this in the parable in Matthew, the parable of the sheep, sheep and, the, and goats. the goats. I was just yeah. thinking that, and yeah. and so that's taking place during the tribulation. But the principle, I, I am trying to get Christians to understand, apply the principle today. You, because you're a believer, because you're saved, because you love the Lord, then help the Jews. And, and the question I have for Christians today is when soon, maybe in, in, in a few weeks, in a few months, in a few years, I don't know, when your Jewish friend comes in the middle of the night and say, hey, they seized my account, they took my car, I cannot go back safely to my house, I have nowhere to go, I know you're a Christian, I know you love, you love Israel, can you help? It will not be the time in the middle of the night when, when your friend says that to say, I'll pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It'll be the time to take him in, feed them, hide them, and become what I right. call the new righteous among the nations. Amen. Yeah. How oh, can we goodness. as believers help? In the book, you say there's seven steps for... Well, that's... Uh, yes, thank you. That is... Praying for the peace of Jerusalem, that's the foundation. And when you, pay, when you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, think about it. What do you do? You pray for the, the Tsar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, to come back to, to, to uh, inaugurate the kingdom and bring real peace in the world. Because any sense of peace we have until Jesus comes back is not real peace. So when you, pay for, when you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you pray for the return of the Messiah. But before that, uh, my, my burden is that we get as many Jewish people uh, to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah uh, because uh, there's no other way. Uh, and, and there's no other way to be saved than to put your trust in the death and resurrection of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. So right now, uh, we need to be bold about our faith. We need to be yeah. bold about sharing the Messiah with our Jewish friends. My Jewish family my Jewish friends, they don't like me when I talk about it. Yeah. But I don't care. Because uh, there are a lot of good 
good things are being done for Jewish people by a lot of different organizations, sending them back to Israel, feeding them, you know, but you know what? It's not enough. I am not going to be one accused of sending a Jewish person to hell on a full stomach. I want them to hear the gospel. That's why I wrote a book. I wrote a book called The, the Root That Never Died. Um, and it was about my, my journey back to my Jewish roots, but it was also an apologetics book to reach the Jewish people. It was my heart, especially yeah. to reach a Jewish friend of mine uh, that I was longtime friends with. It didn't convince her, but hopefully it'll convince somebody. And that's, well, that's my hope. Christians have had, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, just something I wanted to, say, to add to the Christians um, 75, 80 years ago, uh, it, a lot of people had a chance to do something good for the Jewish community, yes. and, and they just looked the other way. And there were a lot of bystanders. When my grandfather was taken out, taken by the Gestapo in our in the house I grew up in, uh, there was a lot of people in that building. There was one family I knew that would have done anything to save him. The rest of the building, there was the perpetrator who called the police. I knew him. When I was a little kid, I knew the guy. Nobody could prove it was him, but we knew it was him. And the rest of the building were the bystanders behind their shutters, looking, going, I'm not going to do anything. Hmm. And the problem, my friend, is that when you're a a bystander, only facilitates the work of a perpetrator. If you're a bystander, right. you are helping the perpetrator. Isn't there a story in the Bible that someone... <laughs> oh, that, you're talking about the Good, the good, yeah, Samaritan. The good Samaritan. Yeah, that's he right. That's a good it. Bible story about... so important, too, is that not only just loving Israel... Um, it is loving the Jewish people too because there's. it seems like today Christian nationalism has become such a big issue now that some per, some people will say that they love and support Israel but then they're, they don't love and support the Jewish people. It has to be combined together. You have to love and support both. It cannot just be one or the other. Yeah, the danger is that a lot of Christians have a love, they have a biblical love of Israel. They love to go to the land, they love to see the places where Yeshua walked and when it comes to loving the people of Israel well, I don't understand them. I don't agree with them, and and but I love Israel. Well, if you love Israel, if you love Israel, you love, the, love Jews. the people. Yes. If you love the Jews. You want to give them the gift that never stops giving, the gift of the gospel. That's right. Yes. Well, the church is at fault though, uh, because they believe extent, a, yes. a lot of the ch- a lot of the church believes that once Jesus came on the scene, Yeshua, then the Old Testament was obsolete, and they don't believe in the Jewish roots of Christianity. And then many believe it was the Jewish people that killed Jesus when they forget that Jesus, Yeshua himself, was a Jew, and so were all his early followers. So uh, how is Replacement theology, one of the issues here. It is a big issue. Uh, you know, replacement theology is, uh, let, for, you know, let's define it quickly for the audience, it is the false doctrine uh, uh, that teaches that um, uh, basically God uh, took all the promises he made to Israel and transferred them onto uh, a new people, the church. So now all the promises that God made to Israel through the covenants are given to the church and not to the Jewish people anymore. The problem with that is that when God gave the covenants, the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the land covenant, the new covenant, when he gave those four, he also gave the Mosaic covenant, but that one is, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, conditional. Mm-hmm. All the other four are unconditional. What is an unconditional covenant? It's when God says, I will, period. It's not based on Israel's performance. It's based on God's character. And that's huge. Because all those he promised them, it's not going to change. It's eternal. If he indeed has taken those covenants and said, okay, I'm done with the Jews. They messed up. They they, they rejected my son. So now I'm going to go to the church. Then God is a liar. 
And God is a covenant breaker. And if he's a liar and a covenant breaker, then Christians have to think really hard. Is my salvation secure? Because that is a promise God gave me, yes. that my salvation comes as a free gift by believing that in, is, a, you know, in the, the shed truth. blood of that Yeshua. Yes. So if yeah. God is a liar, he can lie on anything. Yes. He is the great I am. And yes. so he will. <laughs> yes. In your book, The Time Is Now, you give... Um, seven steps that Christians should take to help the Jewish people. Which one is the most important, would you say? I think the last chapter, it's a very short book, by the way. Anybody can read it in about an hour or so. It's, 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 a, it's an important book because it came out, uh, you know, for 20 years I've been explaining to the church what's wrong with anti-Semitism and where it's coming from and, and, and all the, the, you know, and how it's getting worse. And in that little book, I said, okay, instead of me telling you it's bad, it's bad, it's going to get worse, let me tell you what you can do. And the last step is is the most important one is, you know, physically being ready to to receive your Jewish friends. There's going to be a time when they, they're going to be coming. And, uh, um, you know, there's only one more kind of anti-Semitism, which I haven't written a book on yet, because the book has already been written, it's called Tribulation Anti-Semitism, mm. when two-thirds of the Jews, according to Zechariah 13, 9, will perish, unfortunately, and one-third will survive, and that one-third is the one-third that calls upon Yeshua. Yeah. Well, so that's, if it was to happen today, that means 15 million, uh, we have 15 million Jews in the world, 10 million would die. Those are high numbers, but here's a, a challenge for our audience. When God gives us uh, that, that, that scripture in Zechariah 13, 8 and 9, he says one third, two, one third will survive, two thirds will perish. He doesn't give us a number. We say, oh, 10 million, 5 million, because we know that's what we have today. But if we lead people to Yeshua, they will come in the rapture with us. Mm-hmm. And that number yes. will become smaller. It will still be two third and one third, but it will be a smaller number. So God gave us a percentage, not an exact number. The job is in our hand now to lead Jewish people to the Lord. Amen. We, Amen. We recorded a show and we were talking about how um, Adam is the creation, Eve is the wisdom. And I believe that he created you and introduced you to your wife. And, and together you make a very powerful team. Um, Thank you so much, Olivier, for sharing with us today. There's so much we could talk about. Um, Thank you. Thank you for uh, giving me a chance to share. This, this is a very, very important topic. And uh, you can find Olivier at his website, oliviermelnick.com. I'm going to spell that for the audience. O-L-I-V-I-E-R, Melnick, M-L-E, M-E-L-N-I-C-K, sorry, dot com. Or if you want to know more about his work at Chosen Ministries, you can find him at chosenpeople.com. Yes, thank you so much, Olivier. Um, I really love your work, and obviously I have the same heart to fight anti-Semitism, but you're also educating people about where it's going. And so I appreciate you so much for what you're doing. So Thank you. I'll travel anywhere, anybody who wants me to teach them. And I also have a, a, a great presence on YouTube, a lot of videos I put on YouTube. If you type my name, you'll find me on YouTube. Well, I'm going to go look for it because that's what I'm doing a lot in this area as well. So uh, we also would love for you to reach out to Pearls of Promise Ministries. We're a ministry who loves the Jewish people. My own father was Jewish. You can email us at info at pearlsofpromiseministries.com. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Pop Talk Media. We're also on Instagram at 
pop underscore ministries. You can watch all of our past Pop Talk television shows on our YouTube channel. Just look for Pearls of Promise Ministries. And thank you to all of our 12 television platforms that include Overcomers TV, Abundant TV, and our latest WATVN. We're also on a numerous podcasting platforms, including Christian Mix 106. And thanks to our production team today, Grace Point Media. For all of your media needs, go to gracepoint.media. That is Pop Talk for today. We're just ordinary girls. Who God turns into pearls. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Coming soon at the Central Park Performing Arts Center in Largo, Florida, the first annual Solwyn Women's Conference. Hear 20 plus inspiring speakers that will transform you, shift you into your divine path. Mark your calendars, ladies, June 21st to the 23rd. Three full days of fellowship, worship, encouragement, and supporting local female business owners. When your soul prospers, so will your health, your finances, and your relationships. You need a lot of time trying to figure it out. You're stronger than you think. God wants us to walk in freedom. He wants us to understand the blessing. It's time to be healed in your soul, know your true worth, and be all you were beautifully and wonderfully made to be. Purchase your tickets now for this life-changing event at www.soulwindconference.com. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwin, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwin women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.